0: Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallivechurchkc.com.
1: Hey, while you're greeting each other, I want to just welcome anyone online or in the room who's brand new with us today you are truly an honored and special guest we're just so pumped that you're here with us in real life today and if you're online and you're brand new i want to invite you to click the link that you're seeing now to connect with us and if you're in the room and you're brand new now i just want to invite you to get your phone out and text rl new to 97000 when you do that a member of our connection team will reach out to you this week completely Digitally, and we just want to check in on you. We just, quite frankly, we just want to get to know you a little bit, hear your story, find out who you are, where you're from, what God's has going on in your life, and answer some questions you might have about real life church, and see how can we be praying for you this week. If you've never done that before, reach out to us. And hey, if you're in the room please do all of that. And then I also just want to encourage you after our gathering, stop by our new here booth. It's right out here in the hub. You can't miss it. We have a small gift just for you as our way of saying thank you for being here today with us at real life church. So a little bit more about us if you're new or if you were curious, real life church is a church on a mission and that mission's right up there on the screen. We exist to see people far from God discover their real life and purpose in Jesus, and we believe that God calls us all here on purpose and for a purpose, and 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 we're all different. That's a cool thing about it, you know. We all have those different callings, and and there, so there's obviously multiple ways that you could be on mission with us. Some of you, you might have been coming for a while and you might be looking for a church home and you've been calling real life home for the the last few weeks or months and you're just thinking like, man, like maybe my next step is to dive in and and serve and just see what's going on on the dream team and really get connected. Man, that's a huge way for you to be on mission with us. Some of you, you know, maybe it's even simpler than that. Maybe it's just taking that inventory of those people in your life close to you, far from God. That you could just invite out to just come and get connected and find some people that'll just pour into them and just care about them and their family. Whatever that is, I just encourage you to do something really simple. Just think about it and pray about that today and through your week how you might, how God might be calling you to be on mission with us here at Real Life Church. Well, 2022 is in full swing, some exciting things, some crazy things some hurt it's kind of a mixed bag like our last last few years have been but you know what i I truly believe what it says there on the screen this year has the potential to be the best year yet not only here at real life church but in your life and your family and i'm going to tell you if it's going to live up to the hype of the best year yet it's going to start right here it's going to start in our thoughts it's going to start in our priorities it's going to start with a firm foundation that we lay In our lives. I don't know about you, but when I think about laying a firm foundation, I think, I need a concrete guy. And uh, lucky for us, we got a concrete guy who can preach. So I want you to give it up. We got a special guest today. Uh, He's the legendary, legend, Barry. Give it up for Barry Hardy. Give him a warm welcome, lead in. He's got a word for us. Barry Hardy, take us through the word today, my friend.
0: Thanks, Drew. Everybody give it up for Drew, man. Who can do it like Drew? Nobody. Believe me, I've tried. I can't hold a candle to you. Man, I wanna see who my audience is today. All right, how many chosen people here are rooting for the Chiefs? Oh, come on now, you got more than that. Randy, do I see you down front? Are you going to the game? All right, this all is riding on Randy's shoulders. How he cheers at the game will be and determine the outcome. So, (laughs) we better hear you on TV. That's right, man. Randy's not going to let us down. We'll be celebrating a win next week, the AFC Championship game, right? There we go. When you get to the playoffs, man, everything that was happening during the season has gotten to get to this point. When you start off in the preseason and those coaches are sitting in the room with their new players, they're laying out a a passion, a game plan, a mission for where they want to be, and nobody says, well, we want to finish the season 6-11 and this year, right, guys? Right. Nobody says that. Everybody's goal is to make it to the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl. And so if you've ever watched, you know, hard knocks or you've watched anything or if you've been participated uh, in a team sport, the coaches are always trying just to to give a vision and give a plan and give that mission to his players. And I heard this quote a long time ago and I can't even remember which coach it was. But most coaches come up with something like this. But this is a quote that I've always liked. And I think it applies a little bit today to the hashtag 2022 series. So listen to this quote with me and see if it matches something that you've heard or something that you felt. It says, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Isn't it crazy to think that something that starts right here, your thoughts, can really determine where you end up in life? And man, Pastor Sean just really kicked this message series off in a great way when first week he talked about fighting the battle in your mind. Because everything that we ever do or don't do, accomplish or don't accomplish, always begins with a battle in our mind. And last week he really, you know, he really kept pushing forward with the idea of breaking bad. Getting rid of those habits in our lives that are holding back, even if we consider them to be little ones. Those little habits that just hold us down. So today we're going to kind of continue with that theme called building strong, building a strong foundation, so we can push into 2022 and make it the best year so far. We all know that 2022 has followed on the heels of 2020 and 2021. Have you guys loved those last two years? Have they been your favorite? Have they been awesome? Ever been just cherry roses boo, huh? Nobody. Everybody's had it so easy, haven't they? Nobody's had any issues, no storms. Well, storms like that, they come out of nowhere. Oftentimes, they come without a warning, without any kind of sign that something's going to happen. Have you guys ever had a storm like that happen in your life outside of even the last two years, COVID or anything? Can I tell you that I've had some storms in my life. I want to share one quick story. And I'm the type of person, me and Sean, we try to one-up each other all the time, and I have yet to find anybody that one-ups this one, at least in a church context. Has anybody ever had somebody from church try to kill them? Nobody? Am I the only one? What? I know, right? Well, lucky for you guys, the person that tried to kill me is actually here today. Do you guys know Rose Taylor? <laughs> do, you, do you know Rose Taylor? Oh, she, he could do de- <laughs> Okay, we're going to keep moving forward. So if you don't know Rose, Rose is a very very special person, very awesome. Her, her husband have a great family. But about 10 years ago, Rose wasn't married yet. Her name was Rose Hansen and she was part of a group of college kids that would come hang out with our house. And so our house was open. My wife and I always opened our house cuz we were part of a ministry to college and single kids. And we would often just let them come over do laundry. Even stay sometimes for the holidays if they couldn't make it back home. Just it's something that we love to do, and they become very, very close with us, and they almost became like kids or siblings. And I always looked at roses like a little sister, and then she tried to kill me one year. Can you guys believe it? So the quick, the quick version of this story is, is that we were at a church Christmas party, did white elephant, had a great time, everything's done that night, most everybody had already left, but that group of people we love to play cards. Anybody here big cards fans? We love spades. Yeah, you guys like those? Yeah. Fun game, a lot of strategy, a lot of cutthroat. You can kill somebody in it, but it's not a hard game. And so we were playing had a brutal game of spades going and having a good time. It's about 12, 1230 at night. And again, as I tell the details of the story, remember, this is a Baptist church party. There was no alcohol or drugs involved. So it was a clean party. It was all good. And so I'm in the middle of counting a hand we had just finished. And if you guys have played spades, it's not hard. I went to Belton, and I can add up my points in spades. So it's like three plus four, four plus two. You know, it's really easy. And so I'm in the midst of trying to add up this hand, and all of a sudden, Rose walks by, and I feel her touch the back of my neck. And she said that she did one of these things, kind of like slapping me. I think, do you guys remember Star Trek? You remember Spock? You know, the Vulcan death grip? I think that's really what happened. So was, I'm in the midst of trying to count my points, and all of a sudden, my whole body just feels like this rush of heat go across it. And I'm looking down at my cards, and I'm like, this should not be this hard. And from there, I didn't remember anything else. And so there's two perspectives to this story of what happened next. And if you need some verification to to corroborate my side of the story, the Buchans were there, Sarah and Brian. And so if Rose contradicts anything that I have to say, you can go talk to them. (laughs) (laughs) The truth is coming out of my mouth. I can just imagine the perspective of everybody else in the room because the guys are sitting there playing cards, Barry's on this side, and all of a sudden I just go wham, I just fall out of the side of my chair. The chair goes flying from what I've heard. My head bounces off the wood floor, and I'm just laying there dead flat. And I can just imagine everybody's looking at Rose like, what did you just do to Barry? Because, you know, that's not like me. I just don't pass out. First time I've ever passed out in my life, even after I was in a major car wreck. So now the perspective I had was this, is that I'm trying to count these numbers. The heat wave comes across and then nothing. And then all I remember is seeing all these pretty colors behind my eyelids and stars and rainbows. And in the distance, I hear my name being called, Barry, Barry, Barry. And all of a sudden, I was I'm like, I am so tired. Why, what is going on? Who is yelling my name? I'm getting really annoyed. The next thing I know, I, I open my eyes, and I'm laying on the ground, and the associate pastor is holding my feet up in the air, standing between my legs, and I don't know about you, there's a couple things that rush into my mind. I'm like, did I just get roofied and am I being assaulted? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I thought I was at a church party. Well, what is going on? The storm came into my life, and it didn't stop there. They're like, what is going on? Rose is a nurse. We had a doctor. who was in residence. They start putting me through, like, this neurological exam, you know, follow the finger, asking what my name is, what year it is, who's the president, and I'm struggling with it, but I pass, I think. Did I, did I pass, Rose? I think I did pass. And so they're actually going to let me go home. I'm like, all right, guys, I think I'm just tired. I'm ready to go home. And I stand up to leave, and I get sick to my stomach, and I start throwing up everywhere. And they're like, oh, there is something definitely wrong. we got to get you to the hospital. And with this happened to Raymar, I'm like, all right, just take me to Belton Research. So they're like, he's delirious. Don't take him to Belton Research. <laughs> Don't do that. We're going to take you to St. Luke's East. So Rose, I guess because she feels bad that she just put me on the ground, and now that I'm going to the hospital, she decides that she's going to be my, my ride because my wife is already at home at this point. They're calling her, hey, Barry, something's, or something's wrong with Barry. We're taking him to St. Luke's East. Rose is like, I'm going to drive him. So I get in her car, and we pull out on North Madison and go down 155th. She's like, Barry, she goes, how do we get to the hospital? <laughs> I'm like, Are you serious? Now, she'll tell you she, knew, she knows where, where she was going. She was looking for the fastest way. I don't believe her. All I know is, is I'm, like, about to die. I don't go to the hospital. Before then, the only other time I'd been to the hospital since I was born was I was in that major car wreck when I was 16. So I just don't. This isn't me. I don't go. But I am not feeling good. I'm hanging against the door trying not to throw up again. I'm like, are you serious, Rose? <laughs> I'm like, take a left up here on Kurzweil. <laughs> we make it to the hospital. By the time we get there, my wife's there. She sees that I'm not dying, dying, so her, like, her panic level is coming down a little bit. She takes over, and isn't this the crazy thing? When you're in the midst of a storm, sometimes other people find pain in your misery and, and suffering. And can you believe my wife was one of those people? So we get in. We're in, the, we're in the ER. They're doing the triage and stuff like that. They send me in to put a gown on. I come back out, and while I'd been changing... My wife and the ER nurse decided to set up the, the emergency bed uh, and put the stirrups out for a gynecological exam. And I'm walk out, I'm still delirious. I'm like, "Am I supposed to be wearing these? Am I supposed to be doing this?" And so it just continued on and on and on. And I ended up spending four days in the hospital. And that was a storm that I did not expect to come into my life. I was in my mid-30s, good health, didn't have any issues, no health uh, problems at all, nothing here I am sitting in a hospital bed for four days, and they're running every test that they know to see what's wrong with me because I shouldn't have just passed out, trying to eliminate heart problems, stroke, anything that they could find, never could find anything, which sometimes that's even worse. Because I'm like, is this gonna continue to happen to me? Is this gonna change my life? Is this gonna change my livelihood? How am I, am, is this gonna affect how I raise my kids? Can I play with them? Am I just gonna pass out? Am I gonna get hurt? Am I gonna wreck? Am I gonna kill somebody? And I know about you guys, those types of storms, they're scary because you don't know what to do with them. And can I tell you, when those storms come into your life, if you don't have a God-strong foundation, I don't know how you live without that in your life. And it makes all the difference in the world. Having God in my my back, and my foundation, it changed and and it really reassured who I was and what I could do, even if I didn't know what was going to happen to me personally. So here's the thing. I loved school, and so I'm going to nerd out with you guys a little bit. Do you guys, have you guys ever heard of the second law of thermodynamics? You guys know that one. It's also called the law of entropy. And if you want to put it in concrete terms, it's going from di- order to disorder. Or if you want to get even simpler, it means when you buy a new car, eventually it's going to break down, right? That's called the law of entropy. You buy a new house, you become a homeowner. You got to mow the grass and you got to paint the house, right? When you get old, you lose your hair. Watch out, guys. <clears throat> You get wrinkles, you get cancer, you get diabetes. Things fall apart. They never stay the same. Well, in this world, in this universe, and this applies not only physically but spiritually, we have an opportunity to push back on that. But it requires something out of us. We can't live our lives on cruise control. We have to do work. God has called us to invest in our own lives. And he's called, that, he called us to do that in at least three different areas that we're going to talk about today. And if we do this... Not only can we survive the storms of life, but we can thrive. So the first thing that God calls us to do is build a firm foundation of investing in ourselves. You guys ever been on an airplane and the surrogate is going through the whole spiel of what they got to do. And they look at the card. What do they say? In case of cabin depressurization, what's the first thing you do? You put the mask on who? You put it on yourself first. Why? Because if you take care of yourself, that means you can help somebody else. And the principle applies here as well, because if we live on empty and we don't allow God to fill our lives and we don't build a foundation of taking care of ourselves based on God's word and what he wants for us, how can we give to somebody else? How can we invest in other people, whether it's our friends, family, or even our community, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So God's called us to invest in ourselves. But as human beings, we tend to just to make things overly complicated. I know that I've done that in my life and sometimes continue to do that. Because what God's called us to do is something super, super simple. Read with me in James chapter 122. What does God want from us? He said, do not merely listen to the word. Don't merely listen to the Bible. And so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Is that hard? It seems easy. But if it's so easy, why don't we do it? If you've raised children, don't touch the stove. This seems very, very simple. And you turn your back, and what do they do? Whoosh. As human beings, we do that all the time. We even do that with God. And again, this isn't a super hard thing. Listen to my word, do it, and you won't be deceived. But as human beings, again, it's so easy to get caught off and just forget about that being easy. It's I've tried that before, Barry. That doesn't really work. That's too easy. There's got to be something else. There's got to be some sort of other secret. There's something else you guys aren't telling me. There's something I've left out of my life. There's something else God has for me, and you don't know what it is, and nobody wants to tell you what it is. And here's the reality. The secrets of life, they are in God's word. And I found for me, it's that not that, that I've tried it and found it failing. The reality is is that I really haven't tried Or I've tried for a season, then I've let it go because I thought everything was going well. In fact, I was challenged one time in a season when storms were coming to my life and things weren't going that well. And had somebody come to my life, they're like, "You know, how's your how's your walk with God right now? Are you reading the Bible? Are you praying?" I'm like, "That sounds that's too easy. That's not the issue. That's not the that's not that's not the answer." They're like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, I'm pretty sure." And so they challenged me very, very simply from God's word. They're like, so when Jesus was in trouble or Jesus had an issue or Jesus needed to do something that was going to be hard in his life, what did he do? I'm like, uh, I think he went and prayed. They're like, oh, weird. So Jesus has to go pray, but you don't have to. And I'm like, eh, you've got a point. You've got a point. And it's the simple things in life that we look past because, again, we think it's too easy. So as 2020 kicked off and COVID was starting to rage throughout the world, We didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what happened. And this was even before the vaccine. So we didn't really have a good way to attack the disease. But I listened to a doctor. And he said, here's the data that we're seeing. The people that are getting the sickest and dying the most have other health issues. And a lot of those health issues, some of them are hereditary, but a lot of them are lifestyle issues. Because we're not eating right, we're not getting enough exercise, and we're not sleeping. Three simple things. And he's like, hey, people. He goes, I don't have all the answers. He goes, and even if I'm wrong, even if this doesn't help completely, he goes, there's like at least 27 other other health issues that if you would do these three things, it'll help fix those things in your life, whether they're heart disease or diabetes or, or, uh, or even cancer. I didn't, I didn't realize cancer could come from having a poor diet and not enough sleep. And so if those things are true in our physical bodies, keeping it simple, eating right, getting enough sleep and exercising, how more true is it in our bodies? Our spiritual bodies. Because just like physical gluttony is from putting too much of the wrong food in, spiritual gluttony, things that hold us back and destroy our lives, is putting too much of the wrong thing in. And sometimes they're not even bad things. You know, I was joking with the first crew this morning, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get to heaven one of these days, and I'm like, Jesus, I tried to read the Bible and I tried to pray, but I was too busy. Because that's me. I'm too busy, right? Is that you? I don't know. That's me. And then Jesus is going to bring out some sort of Excel sheet or ledger. I don't know what he's going to do. I'm not an Excel guy. He's going to say, all right, in 2017, you binge six seasons of Dexter all in a matter of two weeks. Right? You know, I, am I the only one here? No. Some of you guys are into Twilight. You, know, you guys are real sinners. Or you watched every single game of March Madness in 1998, but you were too busy to pray. You were too busy to, to read God's word. And again, I, this isn't a guilt trip, but it's a reality check, because if you guys are anything like me, I can substitute what's best for what's convenient, for, what, for you know what's, what's long-lasting, for what feels good in the moment. So here's my challenge for you. As you build a foundation for yourself, and you build a foundation for yourself that makes you stronger, let's start simple. Let's start something really easy. And don't start tomorrow, start today. If that's you in this house, And you're like, all right, I need something in my life. I need to start building myself strong. Do this. Find one verse, one verse that you can read today, and let it read you. Meditate it. What is God trying to tell me in this one particular passage? And if you need a Bible verse, you come talk to me, Diane, Holly, Drew, call Pastor Sean, whoever. We will give you a verse that will speak truth into your life. And then number two, take a few minutes and just pray. You don't have to pray for an hour. Pray for God's well being in your life. Pray for a blessing in your life for your marriage, for your relationships, for your job. Pray for your community around you. And you will see how God changes your life by you investing a little time in reading God's word and praying. So, number one is building the foundation of yourself. Number two, work and invest on the foundation of the circle that you're in. And that circle can look like a lot of different things it can be your family, it can be your friends. It can be your coworkers. I like this verse right here. A lot of times, it's brought up in the context of raising a family. But if you read with me in verse uh, Proverbs 22.6, talks about this. It says, "Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it." I've seen that ring true so many times. I've seen parents that have invested in their kids. And even if the kids get off on, 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 on the wrong path, they always come back from, you know, most times in, in families where the parents have really invested in them. And now, it may take several years, but the children never lose that perspective. Well, here's the reason why. is that And this doesn't only apply just to kids. It applies to your friends and your coworkers. There are people in, in your circle that are being influenced by you. Because the reality is, is that everybody is looking for somebody to love them and accept them, and somebody they can learn from. Now, for most people, that's our parents. For other people, if you didn't have a good, wholesome set of parents or they weren't in the picture, maybe you had a mentor or you had a friend or somebody that invested in your life. But hopefully, today, you can think of one person that you watched that led you well, accepted you, and loved you. Now, for the one, the, the person I could name, I have so many people that have invested in my life. But the one I'm going to talk about today is my dad. And... Like most fathers, you guys probably either had, you know, good experiences and bad experiences both, most likely, with your dad. And that was the same with me. And so for me, I tried to learn from watching other people. And I watched my dad's mistakes, and I watched his, his victories as well. And we'll start off with some of his mistakes. Now, if he's watching me on Facebook, sorry, Dad. But he actually would probably be up here like, yep, you're right. Amen. You're telling the truth. You know what my dad did very, very poorly? He, not, he did not do marriage relationship very well. It did not go well. He was married two different times, once to my mom, and once he had a a second wife, uh, my stepmom, Rhonda. Neither one of them went well. And I'm not here to get into all the reasons, but the reality, you know, the the main issue is this, is that he decided not to invest time and resources and love within that context of that marriage. He felt more empowered by what he wanted out of it rather than what he was going to put in and build something together with somebody else. And it really just devastated him in a lot of different ways. And he's still reaping the consequences of that. So I look at that as a child growing up and seeing, all right, here's what I don't want to do. And it doesn't mean I'm perfect. The reason I've still been married for 24 years today is, guys, God's given me a wonderful, wonderful wife. She puts up with all my flaws and failures. There we see. I knew I could get an amen today. I knew I could get one somewhere. But part of it is this, is that even though I make mistakes, I try not to make the same mistakes that my dad did. And I tried to, to, to hold her up and love her and accept her, you know, and, and just be thankful for the blessing that she is in my life. Now, here's the interesting thing about my dad. For all the things that he did not do as far as investing in a marriage and the, the failures that he had there, he loved to invest in people that didn't have other people in their lives that cared about them. So, as a coach, he coached a lot of my teams, basketball, baseball, and most of the kids just loved playing for my dad because he would take the time to show them what to do. And he would invest in them. He never yelled at them. He yelled at me, but he didn't yell at them. So they would love playing for him. And he had some great teams because he he brought people in, and he was a gatherer, and he loved those kids. You know, a lot of these kids didn't have good dads or any kind of father figure in their life, and they were looking for that. Well, the other instance is that, you know, my dad really just stepped into other people's lives He would bring people into our family that really weren't blood. And they would become so involved in our family, they would become family. And there used to be a guy that used to run around town here all the time. And a lot of you guys probably don't know who he was. But if you were in Belton 10, 15, 20 years ago, you would have known him. His name was Tommy Pryor. And he rode his bike everywhere. He would ride his bike after work up to Longview Lake. He would ride his bike to the State Fair in Sedalia. He would ride his bike... Everywhere. And that's who Tommy was. So here's the thing with Tommy, though. Tommy had an issue of uh, mental retardation. And he had a lot of issues in his life. Now, he was a hard worker and he was strong. But when it came to schoolwork and things like that, it just never clicked for him. He couldn't do it. He could only read and write his name. Couldn't read a story. I don't care if it was, you know, a C-spot run book. He couldn't do it. And he couldn't, he couldn't function with numbers. The only, the only numbers he could add were up to his age. And past that, he couldn't do it. He had no concept. Tommy didn't have anybody in his life that would invest in him and cared about him because they would just say, well, that's just the kid that rides the bike around, and they would let him go on by. Well, he got connected with my dad because we were in construction, and he said, hey, I want to help. So my dad said, come on by. And my dad brought him in, and he didn't have any other people in his life that cared about him and wanted the best for him, would come pick him up for work, would take him home would make sure that he was spending his money wisely. He didn't have anybody in his life that would do that. And over the years, Tommy got so close that he called my dad, dad, and my grandpa, grandpa. He called me brother, my brother's brothers. We were that close. I mean, we did everything together. And we just, we did everything that brothers would do. We even do stupid stuff. Like we were at Burger King. We would try to give each other swirlies in the toilet during the middle of lunch, right? People are looking down the hall like, what is going on? People get murdered in there. He was so much of a part of the family that my dad cared about him so much as that he looked out for him in every instance like he would one of his own sons. So here's the thing about Tommy. Again, he had no concept of money, so when my dad would pay him, he wouldn't pay him at the end of the week. He would just pay him throughout the week, you know, basically for what he made that day. Because he knew if he gave him 300 or $400, it would be gone. He would waste it. He'd do something crazy. Well, that's what we thought. Because he would always, you, you could give him $100, and he'd be gone the next day, and he wouldn't have anything to show for it. Well, finally, my dad kind of figured out what was going on. And a lot of the gas stations around town knew Tommy as well. And so they knew they could take advantage of him. And so one day, my dad treated Tommy like a son, somebody that wasn't part of our family, because he figured out what was happening and took Tommy to the gas station, sent him in with $20 to buy, a, I think, a Coke and a Snickers, something that should have cost a couple bucks, sent him in with 20 He came out with the Coke and Snickers and 50 cents. And this was... This was a daily occurrence for Tommy, and nobody ever knew about it because nobody ever cared enough to help him or watch out for him. My dad wasn't and isn't a violent person, but he's a big guy. He was an MP in the military, so he knows how to handle himself. And the closest I ever saw my dad to performing violence <laughs> was when he found out what was going on. He went in and told the gas station attendant, he said, if this ever happens again, he goes, not only will I be here, the cops will be here after me. And so he took somebody like Tommy that nobody else cared about and brought him into a circle and invested and cared about him. And that taught me a lesson. And so as people that have invested in ourselves, first of all, when we invest in our circles, we accomplish two things. Number one is this, is that we have an ability to grab people and bring them into our circle. People that have nobody else to love them, nobody else to care about them, because that's what Tommy was looking for. And I guarantee there's somebody else that is in your life today, that is looking for some advocacy, somebody said to take care of them, somebody to help them through the rough patch, the storm in their life, somebody to believe in them, somebody to help lead them, to show them, all right, you can do this in a different way, something that's gonna lead and, and perform and do something better in your life. And number two, when you do that, there is somebody always watching you. There's somebody that is absorbing the values and the life that you have. And that's what I did with my dad. I saw, marriage, don't do like he did. But man, love people the way that my dad does in in, in the sense that he brings them into his family. So invest in yourself. Second of all, invest in the foundation of those that are around you in your circle. Number three, work on the foundation of your community. Work on the foundation of your community. You can't spend any time in this world, watch TV, read a newspaper, get on social media, and know that this world is not messed up, it's not good. Not only 2020 did we deal with the pandemic of, of COVID, we had other issues going on, and we ended up having a lot of riots over race relations, right? And if you guys remember all the riots that happened through the summer, everybody scratched on their head, like, "Where did this come from?" And some of us that were insulated like, "I didn't know that was happening." And then there was so much anger and, 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 and hate and, 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 uh, and just passion over the injustices that had happened over the years that you were either on one side or the other. And, and that's what it seemed like. And there were so many people like, I don't get it. And there's like, how do you not see this? And so we saw a broken world where people saw hate and anger, and they wanted to bring justice and peace into that. And there was a struggle to find out the right way to do that. And then I saw other people. They're like, I don't have time for that. I don't have the resources to fix those problems. And it sucks for everybody else who's going through that, but I'm going to take care of me and mine. And sometimes that's the battle that I fight, is that I can kind of draw in and take care of myself and let everything else burn around me without realizing that when I do that, I'm not, I'm not following the mission that God has in my life. And sometimes it's an attractive way to live. The, 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 the guy that kind of reminds me of that attitude and maybe why I'm repulsed so much by it sometimes when I see it myself, not that I do what this guy does, is but that he lives the inconclusion conclusion of that lifestyle. And so there's a guy named Dan Bilzerian. I didn't know him until a couple years ago, but I was randomly sent a video from him, a podcast, this last week. And if you don't know who Dan is, Dan is known as like an Instagram king. He's got, I don't know, 40 million followers. And he lives the life that people think that they want outside of the church to live. Because here's who Dan is. Dan is a multi, multi multi-millionaire. There's nothing that he can't do. For his hobbies, he'll bet 5 or $6 million at a poker table and win or lose. Not only that, he was a Navy SEAL. He has all the girls that you could ever want. And I don't recommend you following his Instagram account, but if you don't believe me, it is crazy what he has on there. And then he'll imbibe and take on anything that he wants, whether it's Coke, Quaalude, it doesn't matter. Because he says, I am here for one purpose, and that is to make me happy and to live the life that I want to live. And the podcast that I just listened to, it was very enlightening for me because he tells the story of when he was in junior high and how he started off on one type of personality and became who he is today. Because who he was in junior high and early high school, I really related to. He moved around a lot. He never fit in. He never had any kind of an ability to form close friends. He was always the outsider. And he felt lonely. And that's kind of who I was. And maybe that's a lot of people here you don't have a spot like you feel like you fit in. And he decided at that age, he's like, I'm not gonna let that happen to me anymore. But instead of finding a purpose and a passion that built something bigger than himself, he pulled that all inwards. And he decided like, I want the girls, I want the glamor, I want the trips, I want everything, and I want it my way. And he, he's been very successful that way. But here's the reality. I think for so many people, whether they're they're protesting in the streets outside of Jesus's idea of what justice and peace is, or whether if they're like Dan and they become hedonists and they draw everything in and everything's about them, both sides are empty because you find no passion and no purpose in that that lasts. And when I see Dan tell his story, man, on the outside it looks good from a certain perspective. Like this guy has everything he wants. Don't we all want to be there at some level, even if we don't want the exact same things he does? I want this. I want everything that I want. But here's the reality again. When I look in Dan's eyes, and I could be wrong, but I don't think I am because I know people like him. There's something hollow. There's something empty behind those eyes. And he can tell me all day long he's getting everything he wants out of life. But I can guarantee that when you have a conversation with him in another 20 years or 30 years, when he's 65 or 70 or 75, when the girls are gone, when the money doesn't buy health anymore because the drugs that you took have ravaged your body. And I have that conversation with him or somebody like that and you ask and they're honest, was it all worth it? What did you build? What lays behind you other than just a, a, a trail of bodies and corpses of lives that you've just used and thrown away? Is that really what we want to build in our lives? It's not. And so God's called us to build a foundation of our community. We start with ourselves and we, we keep going with our circle. But God's called us to see even something bigger. How do we invest in our community? What does it do? I love this verse. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3. Isaiah was a prophet to his people. Isaiah, it would have been very easy for Isaiah for what the things that he went through just to, man, you guys aren't worth it. You guys are a pain. But he knew God called him to something bigger. And here's how Isaiah saw himself. He said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners to proclaim proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Man, what a powerful, what a powerful way to view the world. Man, I can march, but if I don't have a fix, what good does it do? I can live and pursue every pleasure of the body and of the world, but if it doesn't change the world around me for the better or even my life, it's a waste. It really is. So, what's the answer? The answer is easy. You guys are the answer. I look, at, I look at real life. I look out here, and you know what I don't see? I don't see black. I don't see white. I don't see rich. I don't see poor. I don't see white-collar or blue-collar. Problems or no problems. I see people of God that have come together for something bigger than themselves. Whether you see that or not, it is the reality of what's happened here. If we went back four years as we launched, and you told me where we were going to be today, I would be just completely mind-blown. And it's not, that, it's not that I doubted God, but it's one thing to have faith and it's another thing to see it actually happen. And it's the little things that you guys have done to come together that are bigger than the things that divide us and separate us because you believe in what God is doing here in Belton and Raymore and really across the world. And what you guys have invested and given to and sacrificed for, when you were 65 and 70 and 75, and I ask you the same question that I would ask Dan when he's that age. You guys are going to have an awesome answer. You're going to say, God used me <clears throat> to change somebody's life because he allowed me and, and I took the opportunity to help put up a wall at the Hope Center. If you guys haven't been over there, man, the walls are going up. And it's not about the walls we're building, but it's about the space that we're building where the youth groups gets to meet and the worship band's going to get to meet. And there's going to be counseling there. And you guys are making an investment in that, either through what you've given or your time on the ground. It is so cool. Another great thing that, that you guys do week in and week out, you guys are part of the Dream Team. The Dream Team is the serve team. It is the hands and feet of God, not only in this church, but on the outside walls of the church in the community. And shameless plug, today's crash course, if you don't know what Dream Team is about, come hang out with us today. Diana is going to give you the information here in a little bit but you can get to hear about what God has for you. You can find freedom, you get to know God, you discover your purpose and you can make a difference. Those things are something that everybody is looking for. And that all ties back into building a foundation of your community. And that's what we do. And every time that we do that, every time that you build that foundation of yourself, to build the foundation of your circle, to build the foundation of your community, it's because we're pushing the gospel forward and the gospel is what changes people's lives. Because people are looking for something. People are looking for hope and passion. Because you go through a year like 2020 and 2021, and they're flummoxed. They're like, where did this come from? What happened? What do I do with it? When you work on those things with God's help, you change everything. You change today. You change tomorrow. You change the destiny of the people that you are investing in. You change your own destiny. Here's where we'll land. Here's where we're going to finish. Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about two different types of people. We all fall into this camp somewhere. You're the one this camp or the other camp. And this story is a, a famous one. And if you've heard it, you'll know what it is. But Jesus talks about two guys that build houses. The first guy builds his house on a rock. He builds it on a firm foundation, one that can't be moved. Because the issue isn't if the storm comes. It's not... If 2020 is gonna happen again, it may not look the same, but it's when the storm comes. And when we build our house, God says, you're like a wise man because your house won't be destroyed. It won't be moved. You're gonna get beat up a little bit. You're gonna get battered a little bit, but your foundation's firm. The second group of people are, are the people that have the beautiful structures too. And when the storm comes, it doesn't matter if you've got five bathrooms and six bedrooms, a huge galley kitchen, three-car garage, because the foundation isn't firm. It's built on sand. And when the storms come, that sand washes away. And Jesus says, that person's foolish, and the fall of that house is great. We have a choice to make today. Do we take the little things that God's given us the opportunity to do to invest on ourselves, in our circles, in our community? Do we build on God's rock, Jesus, or do we build on sand? Make the choice for building on the rock today. Would you guys pray with me? God, we come before you. God, we thank you for the opportunity just to be the church that you've called us to be. God, I wanna pray for two groups today. First group is this. Maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you've been here for a while at Real Life. And you could tell me, Barry, at one time, I know I was building on the rock. My prayer life was strong. I was reading God's word. I was investing in the people that God put around me. I was working on my community. But today, I don't know that I'm there. Can I tell you, God is still pursuing you. God still has a great purpose. God has a star role for you in his kingdom. And I just wanna pray for you, that you gather your passion back and that you know that God's got something big for you. God, I just wanna lift up the person today that has a relationship with you, but at one time was closer than they are now. God, I pray that you give and renew their passion for you for, their, for your work in their lives. God, give them the strength just to do the small things starting today. God, just take take that one verse that they're gonna read and just open their hearts and open their, their minds and open their emotions. And God, just renew that passion and purpose they have just to not not live their own lives, but live for something bigger than themselves. Second group of people I wanna pray for today is, maybe you walked in today and you've had the storms of life throughout your whole life. It just feels like it's one storm after another. And it feels destructive because you've never met God. You've never made a decision for Jesus. Can I tell you that God has been pursuing you your whole life and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how lost you feel, you are right there ready for God to bring into his world. I've got a prayer for you and the prayer doesn't save you, but it's the beginning of a life of following Jesus. And bringing the best of his life into you and changing your destiny forever. So if that's you, pray something like this with me. God, I just come before you and I know the storms of my life have just wrecked me. And some of them have been self, self-made storms and some of them have been out of my control. And God, I know that I've been lost and I'm looking for something else. God, I know that my purpose is in you. I give my life to you. God, I give my hope and my passion. And I accept you as my savior. And I want to live the rest of my days for you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, can we give give it up for everybody that has made that decision for Jesus? Man, I can't wait to knock out 2022 with you guys this year.
2: Hey, Barry shared a couple of stories that I thought were just really cool. And maybe today you connected with that story of like, man, I have everything the world has to offer, but I am missing something. I have that God-sized hole inside of my heart. And if that's you today, man, I hope you take to heart what Barry said and that challenge to know Jesus. That's our great hope for you. But something I love so much about that passage in Isaiah that Barry shared was that when Jesus was born, he came to the temple when it was time for him to start his ministry and he unrolled the scroll. And that's the passage that he read because he knew he came to be the one to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring good news to the poor. He had a very specific mission to come after each of us to give us hope instead of despair and to create something beautiful where there was only ashes before. And so I hope if you're thinking about following Jesus today, if that's not something you've made, a step that you've decided to do, I hope that today is your day. And if you do that today or some other time throughout the week or the coming months, we would love to know about it and share in the excitement of that journey with Jesus with you. And you can let us know a couple ways and one of them is you can text RL next to 97000 it's going to connect you to our website a place where you can share our your story with jesus and our team would love nothing more than to encourage you as you're taking those steps and if you're here with us in person we actually have a table in the back with a red bag there is a bible in there for you it's our free gift it's got a letter in there to help you can get to some of those resources the same way so please grab one um, and we hope that that gives you an incredible start to 2022 And for all of us, Barry talked about building a foundation. And so he spoke about a lot of things that are so pertinent for our lives. And I have a couple next steps for anyone in here who maybe is thinking about what do I want 2022 to be? How can it be the best year yet? And Barry mentioned our crash course. And what that is, is that is a way that we can help you to discover who God is, to know him, to discover how you can find freedom in your life from things that might be holding you back from serving God or knowing him, to discover your purpose, how God has wired you, the passions he's given you, and then ultimately, how you can make a difference both serving here on our dream team in the community in your work however it is that God may be pushing you and inspiring you we want to be a part of that because I really believe that God doesn't just ask us to not do bad things to take things out of our life but he wants our life to be full and he wants you to fill your life with those relationships that you get when you serve alongside people to have people who care about you people who know your life and that is one of the greatest parts about being on our team is getting to do life together with the people who are here with us so I would encourage you to do that. It's today from 2 to 4.30. It's at the Holcomb's house. You're not going to want to miss that. That's where all the real fun stuff is at and the really good snacks I hear. It's like 10 steps above the Petrie house on that. So you guys are really in for a treat if you come out to Crash Course this week. Um, but no, but seriously, we would love to see you out there and just help you to connect with that. And the second step is this. I'm always challenged by the idea that I fill my life with so many things. I'm with, I haven't watched Dexter I'm, I'm kind of like old lady status, I like to crochet and like watch documentaries, but it's okay, there's a place for all of us in the family of God. Um, but the things that sometimes I fill my life with, even good things, you know, even working, even, you know, the work of ministry sometimes, doesn't replace the fact that the thing that's going with us in eternity is people. And it's the time that I spend investing in the people, starting with my family, with my community, with our church here, that time spent investing in people is never gonna be time wasted. And so my challenge for you this summer is if God is stirring in your heart that I wanna do something that's gonna challenge me and stretch me, and I wanna do something to invest in what God's doing around the world, I wanna invite you to our Columbia Missions trip. Um, we have 10 spots left, so you're gonna wanna sign up for that if God is in you know, just working on you to come. But if you have questions, I would love, to connect you with that. I can tell you that God is going to move in your life in a big way when you step out in faith to encounter a different culture, to see what God is doing and how he's moving across the world. So we would love to see you on that. If you're new with us today, thank you so much for coming. This gathering is our gift for you, and we're so excited that you joined us here at Real Life today. If you call Real Life home, then we would encourage you to take a step this year of being generous, because your generosity is truly changing lives. It's making a difference. It has so much reach, both here and across the world, and you can do that by going to reallifechurchkc.com and click give. You can text any amount to eight four three two one, or we have a box in the back where you can drop cash or check if that is more convenient for you. So I hope that you will be a part of taking some of these next steps in twenty twenty two, and check out this video.
3: Okay, what? Okay, you want me to uh, just we go? Got it. Yeah, Just edit it, it chop okay. it up, put fake yeah. smiles in there, do what you gotta do. Okay. If it weren't for life groups, I don't think I would continue going to church, to be quite honest. My name is Chrissy, and I got connected to life group through Kim. She's the one that constantly told me, You need to get in a life group, you need to get in a life group, so finally, I got a line one day and was just scrolling through and Drew and Holly's is the one that spoke to me the most. I really don't know what I was looking for, to be quite honest. I was just like, yeah, let's give it a try and see what happens. God has shown me that he's always been there, no matter what, but I have never had that true connection with him like most people do. I've never felt that connection. I would say Life Groups have helped me just with the people in Life Groups, knowing that I'm not going to be judged if I don't know anything about Him or if I don't know anything about the Bible. They've always been there and shown me that He's there for you no matter what. They've never judged me, they are pushing me and trying to give me the tools to move forward in my journey. If it weren't for Life Groups, I don't think I would continue going to church be quite honest. I would have given up. It's easier to give up. It's a little bit harder to try, but I have amazing people in my corner like Holly, Drew, Kim. that are constantly pushing me to not give up, constantly move forward. I will say to anybody that's looking to join a life group, you really should. It has opened my eyes to a lot of things. I don't think I would ever have gone to Crash Course, to be quite honest. Again, I have people that are constantly in my corner pushing me to grow in my faith. And Drew and Holly has awesome snacks
2: at their house, so. All right, you heard it here first, awesome snacks coming to Crash Course today. Um, but seriously, we would love to see you to connect you there. And hey, our life groups are coming up so soon, so you are gonna wanna check them out, you're not gonna wanna miss it. Find one that works for you because we would love to host you in there. We also, if you need prayer for any reason, we'll have a member of our team up here who would love to pray with you right after this gathering. We can't wait to see you next week at 9:30 and 11 as we are celebrating AFC Championship weekend, so get excited for that. Yes. Exactly. And then as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose. Have a great week, you guys.